Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week wraps up our four-week teaching series, Big Deal. Here at Valley Point, there are some things that are a big deal to us. We describe them as our faith catalysts. These are the things that drive us as a faith community. These are the things that are at the core of how we function. It's what we celebrate. Join Valley Point Church throughout the month of November as we look at each of these three faith catalysts. Good morning. Great to see everybody, and I'm very thankful that you're here. And if you're with us for the very first time, I want to say a special welcome to you and hope that your experience is very meaningful here today. I also want to say happy Thanksgiving. It is this week, right? Yeah, it is this week, actually. So I hope that everybody has a great celebration, and it sounds like you've got some work to do on that. So have a fun week just preparing and spending time with family and friends and being thankful. We have a dream here of pointing people to real relationships, a real relationship with God and then a real relationship with the people around us that inspires us to real significance, meaning I can use the one life that has been given to me to make a lasting difference in the lives of the people around me. So real relationships and real significance. And I've talked to you about how a real home, a permanent home, a real place for us to meet consistently on our Bethel Road campus is something that I believe will help us accomplish that dream. And so I've got a few things to share with you today, a few items. And item number one is our new Real Home logo and image. And you can see that on the screen. And this is the first time that we have shared this. And this is an image that you will see more and more in the days to come as we give updates on the project and our upcoming campaign. So a real home for God where we get the opportunity to make his name famous. And that's what we want to happen with this permanent facility that God is going to give us. But it's also a real home for others, those who aren't even here yet, the ones that we're going to get the chance to invite and say, come to this place and there you'll be able to find God's purpose for you. So it's a real home for God and a real home for others, but it's even a real home for me where I get the chance to deepen my friendship with God. So we're excited about chasing this real home for God, for others, and even for me. So that's item number one. The second item that I want to share with you is our site development and planning has begun on our Bethel Road campus, and you can see a bit of that on the screen. And you need to know that we still have a need for water and sewer on that piece of property. And I've asked you to be praying about that in the past, and we need to continue that process. Right now, we're pursuing four different options of getting water and sewer on that property. And I want to invite you to join me in asking God to open up one or more of those options so that we can continue the process of pursuing the dream of a real home on that campus. I also want to let you know, if you are thinking about or 
praying through any year-end giving, you can now give to the Real Home Campaign. And you can do that on our website at valleypointchurch.com. In the giving section, you can also designate in the memo section of your check for the Real Home Campaign. So those are the things that are coming, and those are the items that I wanted to share with you about our future Real Home And I'm really excited about what God is going to do in the year 2014, okay? It is a real honor and a privilege today to have my brother Joshua with us, and he's going to come and pray for us now, and Joshua's here with his wife, Abby, and their four children. So there will be 10 kids in my house this week celebrating Thanksgiving, so please pray for my water and sewer as well. Just a thought. So Joshua is also a pastor in the Chicago area at Harvest Bible Chapel in Lake Zurich, Illinois, which is in the suburban ring of the Chicago, uh, of the city of Chicago. And he's doing a great work there. And they're here this week. Real honor to have you here, Josh. So will you just lead us in prayer? Ask God to challenge us, please. Dear God, we come today running to your arms. Because when we run to your arms, we find rest and peace and joy. So God, today we thank you for Valley Point Church where people find real significance and real relationships. God, keep building the dream that they have right here in this place. God, today thank you for everyone who's here. God, we pray now that we'll be able to put uh, what's happened this past week aside to totally focus on you and what your word has for us this morning. Because we know that, God, you're the biggest deal. We pray for your blessing in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Josh. We have another brother who is also a pastor in the Chicago area, and I keep telling these guys, at some point, you're going to get your heart right with God and get out of that city and come to a real place. where we're doing significant things for God. So it's great to have them here for the week. So big deal. We wrap up this series today, and i got to tell you, I've had a lot of fun with this series and with this experience. And the basic premise of this series is that there are a few things that are a big deal to God. There are some things that matter to Him. There are some things that are very important to Him, and because they're important to God... They should be important to us as well. They should be a big deal in our lives. As a church, as an organization, we're trying to focus in on some of these areas and say, let's give our time and let's give our creativity and let's give our generosity to these areas. So here at Valley Point, we have made an intentional choice to say there are three big deal items There are three areas that we have attached ourselves to. And we want these big deal items, we want these areas to drive everything that happens around here. I want to say that again. Here we've made an intentional choice to attach ourselves to some big deal things that are very valuable to God. And we want them to drive everything that happens around here. We call these things our faith catalysts. And so... Let's review. 
Now, if you've been here for all three weeks, I give you permission now to fall asleep or to draw in your program or to irritate the person next to you. Actually, don't do that, all right? You can help me with this. So here's faith catalyst number one. It's embrace people, which means we welcome, include, and love people without expecting anything in return, and we deliberately create environments where relationships can thrive. And when you walk through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these individuals who spent time with Jesus and they heard what he said and they observed his actions and then they wrote that down for us to know. And when you walk through their stories, you discover that Jesus was really good. I mean, he was very good at creating environments where relationships could thrive around him. And he was very willing to embrace all kinds of people without expecting anything in return. And so what we've been saying is, that's a big deal to God. Embracing all kinds of people, not expecting anything in return. So because it's a big deal to him, let's make it a big deal to us too. And let's not just talk about it. And let's not just think about it. Let's embrace people. Faith catalyst number two is apply truth. Which means this. We are passionate about applying biblical truth so that it makes a difference in how we live. We enthusiastically pursue practical teaching and encourage private spiritual disciplines. Two parts to that. There's the practical teaching, which is what we engage in on Sunday. And I hope you enjoy this and I hope you benefit from it. And I hope that you find it helping you survive throughout the week. But I've said this often, if the only spiritual food you get is what you get here on Sunday, that's not enough, and you'll starve spiritually. And so there's some things that we all can do on our own from Monday to Saturday to help bridge that gap to practical teaching, and we call those things private spiritual discipline, like spending time in God's Word and Praying, even if it's imperfect and incomplete sentences. I believe God can figure that all out. So let's just engage in these disciplines throughout the week and then be sure that we're here for practical teaching. That's how we apply truth. Faith catalyst number three is live generously. And here's what that means. We intentionally use our time and resources, meaning our money, to meet needs in our local community and around the world. We purposely invite many to personally invest in serving others. And we had a great time talking about our money last week and how God wants us to even be generous with that. And I hope you found that to be challenging. So, embrace people, apply truth, and live generously. And here's what I want to do today. We're going to look at a very powerful prayer found in Scripture that is just packed with passion. And it is my hope and my desire that when we walk out of here in a few moments and begin the process of enjoying our week and thinking about Thanksgiving and family and food and all of that stuff, that we will be very encouraged. All right? I want you to walk out of here today very encouraged that You're making Jesus a big deal in your life. And if not, there's some things that you can implement and some things that you can do. So that will be happening for you. Okay, so here's our big idea for today. Our big idea 
is that following Jesus is the biggest deal. So we've been talking about some items that are a big deal, like embracing people and applying truth and living generously. We want to put a bow on this whole series by saying, following Jesus is the biggest deal. Like there is nothing better than this. There is nothing, absolutely nothing more worthy of our time than saying, I'm going to follow Jesus and make that a priority. I'm going to make that the biggest deal in my life above everything and anything else. Kind of easy to say, but a really hard thing to do. And so we're going to talk about that today. The prayer we're going to look at is found in Colossians chapter 1. And the book of Colossians is written by a guy named Paul. And Paul was known for chasing and beating down Christians. That's what he did. Have you ever wanted to chase and beat down a Christian? Like, don't, don't raise your hand, actually. Um, but that's what Paul did. And then he became one. Like God did an amazing work in his heart. And he said, I need to follow Jesus. And then God began to use him to plant churches and write letters of encouragement to them. And so that's what we find in our paragraph today. Colossians chapter 1, Paul, an individual who used to chase and beat down Christians and then became one, he writes this note. And he's writing this note to the church to say, hold on, relax. Everybody in this church, just hold on and relax. And the reason he's writing that is because they were proving with their behavior that following Jesus was not the biggest deal to them. And Paul picks up on that, and so he says, I've got to write a letter, and I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to tell them to hold on and relax, because they were following Jesus, but it was just one of the items on the to-do list. Like, I've got to do this, and this, and this, and yeah, I've got to follow Jesus, but Paul told them to hold on and relax, because following Jesus should be the biggest deal. Hold on. Relax. Have you ever had to use that language with your family or friends where they're kind of freaking out or priorities are getting all mixed up? And so just hold on and relax, everybody right here. A couple of weeks ago, Cambry, our two-year-old daughter, came bursting into our room in the middle of the morning and said, I've got a cough stuck in my throat. Like we can do something about this. But the cough is stuck in her throat, and she was all frightened by that. And so Tanya, my wife, said, hold on and relax, because I think the cough will go away. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not so sure that cough is going away. And why does this have to happen at 3 a.m., right? So Cambry, hold on and relax, because everything is going to be okay. And that's what Paul says here in Colossians chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. You will also see these words on the screen. Out of respect for God and his word, let's stand together as I read. Here's what Paul says. The guy who used to chase and beat down Christians and then he became one. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. I want to pause there for a second, because that's really a very remarkable statement. 
What we know about Paul is he had never actually met these individuals. He never had the opportunity to look into their faces and say anything to them at all like what I am doing. And yet he says here, even though I've never met you and even though I've never seen you, I know about you and I love you and I have not stopped praying for you. And the idea of the word stop there means refrain. And so Paul is basically saying, I have not refrained from praying for you, even though I've never met you. And I have not stopped praying for you, even though I've never seen you in person. Now, if somebody came to you that you had never seen before and said, you know what? I have not refrained or I have not stopped from praying for you. That would be wild. I mean, that's amazing, that's inspiring, and that's what happens right here. We have not stopped praying for you. And then he goes on to say, We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And we're going to come back to that word always, so don't forget about that. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his words. You may be seated. So here's what's happening here. Paul prayed for this. Here's what I want for you. Here's the deal. We find it in verse 9 again. We're asking God to give you complete which means precise. So we want God to give you this precise knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, which basically means I want you to have clear discernment. So I want you to have this precise knowledge about God. And I also want you to have this clear discernment, which is really good news for all of us because it means we can have the same thing. Does God ever seem confusing and perplexing? And what does God want for me? And how do I follow him? And how do I understand him? And what do I really know from him about what I should be doing with my life? And how do I implement all of this stuff? It can be very confusing. But what we understand here is that I can have precise knowledge of his will. That's possible. And that's really good news. We can smile about that. And we can also have clear discernment and Here's why. And what I want to do now is kind of peel apart three different statements in verse 10. And then along the way, I'm going to ask three different questions that are going to help us all just assimilate what's happening with this powerful prayer and help us to really begin to think, am I making following Jesus the biggest deal in my life? So here's the first line in verse 10. It says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. How about that word always? Really? Like, I find this kind of fascinating. My life can always honor and please the Lord. Oh, I never really considered that. And that word always is very unique. And one of the things that I love to do is premarital counseling with couples that come in and they want to get married and we walk through that. And so I do a session in the premarital counseling on communication and how you talk to each other. How do husbands and wives figure this out so that it's 
meaningful and fulfilling because I've discovered in 20 years of marriage and in talking to other people who are much further down the road that how you communicate with that other individual really is very important. If that communication works, then the marriage will probably work. And if it doesn't work, then there's going to be some issues and the wheels are going to fall off and then we have other things to consider and other things to think through. So I do this whole session on communication. And one of the things I say is I'll look at the couple. I'm like, you've got a sheet of paper in front of you. Here's what I want you to write down. As you talk to each other, I want you to avoid the words always and never. So write that down. Like These are words you should not use. Always and never. Like you should never use these words. All right, and here's why. Because they're condemning words. They mean 100% of the time. Like you are always late. Well, I was on time once or twice, so you're actually not true. And then communication breaks down. Or you never say that you love me. Well, I said it once or twice in the past 10 years. That should be good enough. And immediately, communication breaks down. So these words, and in particular, the word always, means 100% of the time. And it's a difficult word to throw out. But yet, here's what we find in verse 10, that my life, your life, can always honor and please the Lord. This is deep and this is very rich. And the idea of that word always there means consistency. And so we could say it this way. Then the way you live will consistently honor and please the Lord. So here's the question for all of us to consider. Do you find yourself becoming more consistent in this area of honoring and pleasing God? Not perfect. We don't have to worry about that because that's never going to happen for us. But do I find myself becoming a little more consistent today than what I may have been yesterday when it comes to putting a smile on the face of God? Next statement. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Here's the question. Do you find your life producing the kinds of things with attitudes and with actions, and with thoughts? Is your life producing the kinds of things that God would look at and say, I love that, and I want more of that from that individual and from other people, from other Christ followers? Like, that is a great thing. Are you producing that kind of stuff in your life that would show following Jesus is the biggest deal? And then here's the last part of verse 10. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So the question here is, do you find yourself? I want you to think about this. Personalize it. It's not just for me. It's not just for the person next to you or in front of you or behind you. I want you to personalize this. Do you find yourself getting to know God better and better? Or would you say you've kind of plateaued? Or maybe you're just stuck? Or maybe you've never even launched 
that relationship and you're kind of kicking the tires and trying to figure God out and do you really want to follow him and do you really want to give your life to Jesus and do you really want to embrace these big deal faith catalysts and you're trying to figure that out. The question is, do you find yourself getting to know God better and better or are you stuck or has it not even begun? Hard questions, aren't they? And throughout the week, as I was thinking about this, I was asking myself the same questions and got disturbed and bothered by them. So I'm not just asking you this. I'm asking myself the same kind of thing because it reveals how big is Jesus to us, right? Am I becoming more consistent with honoring and pleasing God? Is my life producing the kinds of actions and words that make God happy? And am I really getting to know God better? Ultimately, is Jesus the biggest deal? Now, again, that's kind of easy to talk about, but how can we know if we're producing these kinds of fruits? And how do we ultimately know if we're putting a smile on the face of God? So I'm going to share some takeaways that I think reveal whether this is happening in our life and how we can take this prayer in Colossians chapter 1 and these different thoughts and how we can always honor and please God with our lives. So here's the takeaways. No surprises here. We've been thinking about what's a big deal to God and our faith catalysts. So you're going to find these takeaways shockingly similar. How about this? Number one, what if we just embrace people? Right? Like what if we just did that? I think what we would discover is we would find ourselves in this lane of making God pretty happy. So let's include and love people without expecting anything in return. It's interesting that we're talking about that on a week where a lot of people will assemble as family, and family is great, but family can also be very irritating, can't they? Maybe not, but some of you are probably going to be challenged with this. Often when we think about embracing people, we think about going way out there. We've got to embrace people who are messed up and screwed up and poor and whatever. But often where God wants us to start is with who is right next to us or who will sit around the table on Thursday. Let's embrace those people. How about that? Let's include and love people without expecting anything in return. Second takeaway, let's apply truth. Let's get passionate about applying biblical truth so that it makes a difference in how we live. And when we do that, we find ourselves in this lane of putting a smile on the face of God. You know, I don't think it's a small thing at all when we as individuals take even a small piece of Scripture And we memorize that and we put that into our mind and we hide that in our heart. I want you to know, that is a significant spiritual step. Might seem kind of small and no big deal. But it is a significant thing because we're taking the words of God and we're getting them into our mind and we're recalling them when we need that. And so a few weeks ago, we all memorized Psalm 1914 together. Do you remember that? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And if you did that, that is a great spiritual step where we are applying truth. We're taking what happens in this room and we're walking with it. 
If you've also had the opportunity to offer up some prayers to God, that is a significant thing in your friendship with Him. A very significant thing. And let me just encourage you and challenge you that even if it's imperfect and you don't know what to say and it's scrambled and it's confusing to you, God is big and he's smart. He can figure it out and he knows what's happening on the inside of you. Actually, there's a piece in scripture that says God understands our groanings. So if you need to just groan and cry and offer that up as your prayer, like God gets that, he understands that, and that's okay. And in the process of doing even something like that, we are applying truth. So let's do that. And in doing that, we're in this lane where we're pleasing God. How about this takeaway? Let's live generously. Let's intentionally use our time and our money to meet needs in our local community and around the world. Let's do these things and know that it grows us and it also makes God very, very happy. And here's what else it does. It makes the church an unstoppable force of goodness. And isn't that what we're supposed to be? Yeah, it actually is. We're supposed to be an unstoppable force of goodness. And so when we begin to act this way, when we embrace people and when we apply truth and when we live generously, I think something happens in the heart of God that he looks at us and he smiles and he knows in that moment that we're making a big deal out of what is a big deal to him. And so for this week and for the months to come, Let's embrace these faith catalysts and let's do more than just talk about it. And let's do more than just think about them. Let's implement them. Let's truly embrace people. And let's really apply truth. And let's live generously. And let's just then watch what God does in and through all of us. Got a benediction that I want to share with you today. It's a prayer, and it's something that's already been read to us, but I want to read it again because I believe it captures the heart of big deal, and it also captures the heart of the words we find here in Colossians chapter 1. So here's our benediction Let us go out into the world loving our neighbors, even our enemies. Let us go to the broken and ragged places to comfort the afflicted and bind up the brokenhearted. Let us carry the message of a new hope into our workplaces and schools and town halls. Let us bind up the wounds of abuse, exploitation, addiction, and alienation with acts of forgiveness and healing. Let us serve the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. Let us lift up justice and speak up for the voiceless. Let us challenge racism and bigotry. Let us become generous with our money and live lives of integrity. Let us see value in the worthless, find strength in the weak, and anoint the downtrodden with significance. Let us seek to right every wrong and take every thought captive to obedience to Jesus. Amen and amen. And God, this is what we offer up to you today. This is our heart's cry. This is what we want as we launch into a week where we're going to be with people and there's going to be downtime and there's going to be all kinds of things that enter into our lives, God. I pray that you'd help us to make you smile each and every step of the way. 
God, would you help us to embrace people the way that you did? God, would you help us to apply truth both in this environment and then also Monday through Saturday that we would be thinking about the words that you plant in our hearts and in our minds? May we pray even if we don't always get it right and don't even know what to say. God, help us to still pray and offer up those words to you. God, would you help us to live generously with our time and God, with our money. May we freely give because it all belongs to you anyway and we're just a steward of what you've placed into our hands. Help us to hold our hands open to you, not closed, but open. So God, will you give us a great week of making you happy and really seeking to make a big deal out of what is a big deal to you. God, I pray that you give us all a great Thanksgiving as part of all of the memories and the things that we say. May we also offer up A huge thanks to you for sending your son Jesus to die in our place and to rise again, making it possible for us to have this friendship with you. God, help us to thank you for that, something we never could have come up with or something we never could have done on our own. And God, I pray for us as a faith community that you'd help us to live out these catalysts. May we be known right here in this community and the communities that surround us and even around the world for being a group of people that are very passionate about embracing others and applying truth and living generously. God, may these things drive everything we say and do. We place it at your feet now and ask you to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.